Hello out there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, a bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network where you always have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give your insight into the film, and we pick a couple games at the end. I'm your host Adam, I'm joined by the Maestro. Yes, you have. Thank you for joining. And by Cowboy. Ow. Oh. This week, Viggo Mortensen has a new movie released called Falling. Based on the trailer, uh, Viggo plays a gay son of a father that is losing his memory. He's trying to take care of him and his ranch while dealing with some of some form of Alzheimer's. This isn't the movie we watched. Nope, that's Falling, the movie that came out right now. Or it's actually released right now with Viggo Mortensen. So, based on that, we're doing another Viggo Mortensen movie in which he also is involved with an animal you might find on a ranch. And apparently, he got this role solely on his performance from Lord of the Rings. The movie we're watching is 2004's Hidalgo. This is directed by Joe Johnston, which you may remember from such films as The Wolfman and Jumanji, both of which we have done on spoilers. He's also directed Captain America, the first one, the first Avenger, and also Jurassic Park 3. This movie stars Viggo Mortensen, Omar Sharif, Luis Lombard, Saeed Tagmai, Adam Alexi Mal, Harsh Nayar, and a bunch of other people. The synopsis of the film, then we'll get into our thoughts about it. In 1890, a down-and-out cowboy and his horse travel to Arabia to compete in a deadly cross-desert horse race. Have you ever seen this movie before? New. No. Have you heard of this movie? Yes. Yeah, the first time I saw heard of this movie was it was a trailer from Lord of the Rings, the the last one, and it was there, and it was mm, I like I like him better with a beard. I'm, I'm not <laughs> as the king from Lord of the Rings with a beard, the scruff, the black hair, long black hair. That, that you like him better with a beard, but you, know, you don't like yourself better with a beard. I like myself with a beard, not with a long, extended. Trying to be a biker beard, beard. yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't pass as a biker, more like a homeless. Yeah. That's cool. I'd be a homeless biker. I used to be a biker and they kicked me out and now I'm homeless. (laughs) (laughs) So, walking out of the theater, first thoughts about the movie. What do you want to talk about? Isn't that the dude that was like, oh, I guess his rival in the home, like, ride? Isn't he also the same guy? That's the top line guy at um, above the table from uh, John Wick 3. Is that right? I think so. I'm uh, not exactly sure. Based on IMDb real quick, I don't see that. So oh? no. Well, he's not a big character in John Wick 3. He's just the the man above the table. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. You keep on going. All right. I, I was... I wanted to know how many horses were harmed in the making of this movie. No, um, <laughs> uh, I was quite bored, honestly. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was expecting I, I, to be bored. I had no idea what it was about. I heard of it, but I had no idea what it was about, except for there was a horse in there. And I was like, great, sea biscuit. Pretty much the same thing. The horse won in the end, you know. Uh-huh, yeah. I, I knew that was coming. I was like, all right, when is he going to catch up? When is he going to have that aha moment? I'm an Indian. Blah, blah, blah. Spirits, heal me. Ah, oh, Oasis. Yay, win. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, so, yes, Saeed, 
yes. is the person. Same break, same guy. Is that right? I didn't, yep. I didn't look far enough down on IMDb then. No, I don't know. Oh, yeah. In chapter three. Yeah. Uh, okay. I see it. Parabellum. Yo. I, I was expecting to be bored. The, I, I was not attracted to this movie at all from when it first came out because I saw it and I'm like, hey, this is going to be real boring. And then I did a little bit of the um, my show prep before watching the movie and based on what I had read and found out in creating the, the script for the, for the night, I also thought, yeah, I'm going to be real bored. I was weirdly enthralled the entire movie. Was it because of J.K. Simmons? No. No. <laughs> He was weird. I did not like him in this. Yeah. His beard looked way too fake and uh, I don't like it. I don't know. I was bored. The storyline was good. Okay. So what what made you bored? I don't know. It could have been one of those rare instances where I was not in the mood for a movie like this. Okay. Maybe I think to me, it seemed like work. To watch this movie, and and a lot of the times when I have to watch movies for this podcast, the ones that seem like real work are the ones that Maestro picks. <laughs> and this one was more extremely more work because there was nothing really to pick on it. It was just it was work to sit there and pay attention to. I mean, at one point, I started putting together a Lego just to keep my attention from falling asleep. All right. <laughs> All right. I I did enjoy the movie. By the end of it, I was very glad to have watched it. Uh, that being said, I still have a bunch of notes uh, from <laughs> from my spoilers goggles. It's merely a flesh wound in the horse. Grab a knife. Heat it up. Psh. Oh, yay. I'm good. Yeah, that was weird. The <laughs> the, the fact that... Uh, at a certain point in, in the in the movie, the the horse catches a spear uh, through its mm. skin. I guess it doesn't pierce a muscle, so I guess we got lucky there. But it, he does have to cut the horse open, kind of, to get the spear out. Instead of pulling it out, he slices him. It yes. was like taking a sliver out. Okay, cut the skin and yeah, that's it. yeah, out of foot long though. Yeah, mm. it was really five dollars. <laughs> Eat fresh. Uh, hey. So, yeah, J.K. Simmons' beard was weird. Uh, I, I, I enjoy seeing him when he's in films because he always has a kind of a personality that's fun to watch. But I couldn't get past the beard. And, yeah, I just couldn't get past the beard. Okay. So that was it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought up J.K. Simmons, and I, my rebuttal is... Uh, pass on J.K. Simmons for this. So, in the last two out of three movies, you couldn't get past a beard, and now you can't. You couldn't get past a mustache. Now you can't get past a beard. Yeah, it's it. It, it looks if it looks too fake, I'm out. Even the like the main bad guy, his beard was kind of pointy. That looked too fake to me. My beard was pointy at one point in time. You didn't think that was fake? But this was this seemed like it was like a cast of a beard, not like actual hairs that were made to be pointy. Like there was too much product in it, maybe I don't know. Some, something about it bumped me, and it was it was very distracting. Usually, my, my widow's peak is pointy, but it's real. Yeah, it looks real. So that well, doesn't, that doesn't that's be, <laughs> it's more pointy now because the receding hairline. Because I'm getting old. Mm, okay, well, get some gel in there. I don't. I don't know. Can't gel hair like that. Never mind. Do you have any, Mary? <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Uh, you talked about the horses being harmed in this film. I, I don't know if any were. It didn't seem like it. No, I was just. There, but there, there was a scene at the beginning that did bother me. That uh, basically this uh, this guy, what's his name, Vigo's character, Hopkins, uh, Frank, Frank Hopkins. He basically he witnessed the uh, the wounded knee massacre, and then he gets scarred for life. He ends up basically parading around in a rodeo reenacting the events that scarred him for life, which is a weird choice. Uh, but he, his way out is to enter this race in Arabia to reclaim his title of the fastest or longest, uh, fastest horse rider for long distances, which the Arabians are saying, you can't give him that title because we have an actual race that challenges everybody and he didn't participate. So you can't call him the, the fastest long distance guy. So he goes to join this Arabian race, and when he's on his way there, there's a bunch of people picking on his horse for no reason. That was that seemed very weird to me. That he he comes in and there's guys with a pitchfork kind of like, "Aha! Hey, you're a horse, you stupid horse!" Ha ha ha. That seemed unnecessary. It, it was like uh, the way Hermione got picked on in Harry Potter because she was a mudblood, or because of her hair. Yeah. She, you know, she wasn't pure. She wasn't, uh, you know, it was an untamed range horse. A Mustang is an untamed. They were considered, they were considered mangy, not purebred, not thoroughbred, not, you know, Mm. bred to do long distance and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about the horse. Uh, Hidalgo, the, the title character of this film, he seemed to have a lot more personality than I think a horse can have <laughs> he d- didn't have a lot of lines no. <laughs> he didn't that's true no I, although I, I swear to god it was a scene where uh frank made a joke and the horse was laughing i, I don't know if i made that up or if it was just natural horse sounds but it sounded like a <laughs> so it, it's it's a trained horse somebody was on the back of the horse and was um tickling the horse oh so, that's why I was laughing. so it was laughing. Okay. Yes, 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 it was laughing. <laughs> but there's a lot of like knowing looks from the horse, like, come on. <laughs> it was just I, I can't imagine a horse doing that. And he, him having conversations with the horse, like it was they understood each other for real. That that was a little outlandish for me. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, like they had to take some liberties, but supposedly this is based upon a true story, right? Kind of. It's from, from what I've uh, gathered, this is based on true events and true characters, but the story itself is made up. Like the, this, this Frank guy never went to Arabia to do this kind of race. Uh, he did exist. Hidalgo did exist. Uh, obviously, Wounded Knee happened, and these races do happen, but Frank was never part of it in Arabia or something like that. It, it's, it, it's kind of, what are they called? Based on a true story, not... Or inspired by, or something like that. It's, it's these, these aren't factual events that we're seeing. Did you watch the end at the end of the film? Yes. Where they talked. Okay, so you saw the little like snippets about what happened to the people afterwards, right? And from what I also see, apparently Frank decided to leave his horse in Arabia. The horse never made it back home, so he was in Arabia for some reason. I don't know if he was in this race. Maybe he was, and it didn't happen this way. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of weird. I didn't dive too deep into it because so I, he didn't win. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> in real life, I don't know what actually happened. There's a lot of conflicting stories. They, they caught a lot of flack for saying it was inspired by a true story. Historians started picking it apart. 
And I don't know what the truth is, and I it doesn't really matter to well, me. Well, I mean, it's, it's a story. Um, if somebody was telling it, then, you know, it was a told story that was true. The story of it is true. Somebody truly told the story. You know right. what I'm trying to get <laughs> You know? It's like, right. if you tell me a story, and then I go make a movie based on the story you told me, well, then you telling me the story is true. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's it's, hard, it's harder to say uh, based on a story I heard from a guy in a bar. That's, that's not gonna. That was true. That's not gonna. It could be true, but it, more accurately, then people know. Oh, it's one of those stories. Okay, it's a bar story, not a real real story. It's, it's like a Bible story. <laughs> uh, let's see what else I got here. Uh, a lot of infidel talk. The uh, which I, I believe I should have looked it up, and I was going to. But infidel, I think, means non-believer. Is, is that does that sound right to you guys? I should look it up. Make you want to look that up. What infidel means? I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe you. You are correct, uh-huh. sir. Uh, but then I could believe. Yeah, there was, there was a scene where the Sikh was, uh, or, or Sheikh was told, or they told that he couldn't touch the cowboy uh, because he would lose his powers of uh, seeing the future. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Arab talk in here as far as their beliefs and their religion, uh, which which was interesting to me. I really like seeing other cultures. And how their stuff goes, I guess. Oddly enough, I understood some of the Arabic. Did you really? Yes. Oh, how does that happen? Uh, 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 because a while back in my past, I worked at a Chevron gas station as a second job. Okay. For my full-time job. I remember that. And and they were uh, Arabic, you know, speaking, and they were teaching me, you know, words like marhaba, alhamdulillah, means thank God and thank Thank the God, you oh, know. Okay. So when they said these words, I was like, I know what that means. I know what that means. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So the word the word infidel uh, by Google says that it means who acknowledges no religious belief. Okay. So to them, if you don't believe in Allah, you're an infidel. Yeah. Because in their mind, that's the only true religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I felt like they were using it very cavalierly. Uh, a lot, which I guess technically uh, in their mind it is accurate, but I've, I've only ever heard it in very angry settings uh, as, as far as an infidel, like, oh, I'm going to kill you, infidel. Uh, but in this case, it's more yeah, like, like a, hey, you. <laughs> like with Jeff Dunham and his dead. Yeah, the, um, dead terrorist. Dead terrorist, yeah. You know. Greetings, infidels. Yeah. <laughs> Ahmed. 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 Dead terrorist. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I got an appreciation for, for the culture, very similarly to how when I watched The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise and seeing the, the Japanese culture in that film, was, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, I think it's a little romantic to me to see other cultures and how they are because I, I guess the honor part of it I find very attractive. I don't think there's enough honorable people, I think, uh, here in, in the Americas. It's not held as high as high esteem as other cultures hold it, and that that's always a nice thing for me. Do you think um, old ways are more honorable than new ways? Not necessarily. It, it, it really depends on on what it is. But the 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 honor part of it that I like is keeping to what is true to you. I may I, I may not agree with it, but the fact that you're keeping to it, that's kind of cool. I I enjoy that aspect of it 
Like so a, they still stoned women uh, who became unpure and drowned the father. Uh, would that be honorable to you today? No. See, that, that, that's where it starts getting to the crazy side of things. But the, the non-crazy parts of it, <laughs> I guess, I, I don't think women should be stoned for looking at a man and all that kind of nonsense. But just the, the other parts of it that are not about killing innocents, that <laughs> code of honor I, I enjoy. So do you think like Christians st- should still sacrifice goats? Uh, no, see, that's another – it's the same thing. It's – once you get past the crazy parts of it, the, the, the underlying honor part and the – like Christianity, when I was super, super Christian, that was something that I believed in wholeheartedly and I was firm to. But if it, things got a little outside of the box of, eh, it doesn't seem right, that I would start like, okay, maybe maybe not. You would break your honor then. I, I guess if you want to put your it that belief. way. Damn it. Your belief. I guess my moral compass will allow me to go to a certain limit and past that, I don't care who you are or what you tell me. That's, I, I, that's I'm just, my you know, I'm just, I, I'm playing devil's advocate. I understand. Here, right? I understand. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it, but we're going to move on because I don't like where this is going. Do I play wrench advocate? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mason, what do you got? So I have a question. If you dealt with this type of uh, uh, race, like was it how many thousand miles was it? Three thousand, four thousand miles, right? Three, three thousand. Yeah. Okay. And I forgot. Perfect. Perfect wrench uh, advocate there. Uh, so I, I totally agree with with Mesha there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. Okay. I mistake. Sorry. Mm, damn it. So uh, let's talk about the the rich people, uh, the the rich couple, which played by. Uh, God damn it. I forget his name. Uh, McDowell, one of Hollywood's favorite people of all time. You're talking about the Ice King? Yes, the Ice King on the ship. Super, uh, major Ice King, uh, he'll have you know. And his and his wife that is uh, – it was confusing parts of it. I thought she was going to be riding the horse, but she didn't. She got somebody else to ride the horse. But she's got a horse in the race that she's trying to win – kind of a seat at the table with horse breeding which is kind of a weird subplot but kind of i mean yeah i mean like that's her reason for being in there she wants to breed like the best horse and make the best money out of it because there's a name attached to it now yeah i think she has the best horse in europe and she wants to combine it with the best horse in the middle east to make a super horse and the only way she can prove that is to win so that she can convince the people in Arabia to hey let's let's uh let's work together but so rich like disturbingly rich the it and to to me it was like we were hit over the head with if you have money you can buy whatever you want and that's basically her attitude even her tent is like a, a hotel that she has waiting for her she's got a servant there it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was air conditioning even though it wasn't invented yet inside that tent it, it was very over the top yeah, I'm rich and I get what I want. And if not, then I'm going to get it anyway because I'm rich. It was weird. Ugh. Probably got paid very well to play this part too. <laughs> so it's, it's rich. Yeah, so the, the whole point of this race is they have 3,000 miles and they have to ride during the day and sleep at night. 
there's a couple of waypoints, there's a halfway mark and all these things. I f- there was another thing that I think they missed out on, but I guess it would have been boring to hear the rules. We're finding out rules as we go along that uh, somebody gets knocked off to the horse and Vigo's going to go pick him up and the guy says, you can't pick him up, it's against the rules. He should. I feel like even though we didn't get it from our viewing perspective, Vigo should have gotten all the rules ahead of time. So to keep reminding him kind of felt it was too expositiony for me. I'm like, okay, he he should know this. You're saying this for our behalf, and when you're saying it for our behalf without giving a good reason, that kind of takes things out of the movies for me. And so there was uh, three main guys that we were worried about, or maybe four on the on the journey. There we had the cowboy uh, Vigo. We have the the prince, which was in John Wick. We have mm-hmm. the rich lady's uh, guy. I forget his name. And there's the henchman. A, yeah, sure. Henchman number three. And then we, there's also the other guy, which is just – I don't remember what his deal is. He's just kind of a purist and you being here is selling the name of everything we're doing. And he has a hawk, which when I first saw the hawk and he's like, all right, go. I, I, it doesn't make sense, but I was thinking, why do you have a hawk there as a scout? Is the, is the hawk going to go out, get intel, come back, and then he's going to talk to the hawk? Yeah. Oh, they're over there. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it, was, it was a dumb thought. It was the first thought I had. And then a couple scenes later, we see the hawk actually swooping down and getting a rabbit. I'm like, ah, it's for food. Very smart. <clears throat> but then I also thought, that means you have to also feed the hawk. So whatever the hawk finds, now you have an extra mouth to feed. Is that going to work out? True. Really? Well, you think about it, he did find all the food for everybody. Got to feed him. Yeah. yeah. But, but if, if, it, if it finds one rabbit, that feeds the horse. Go find another rabbit. You know, that feeds me. Now go find a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. It's not a very big mouth to feed. But, yeah. and there's also this theme throughout the movie where it seems that everybody is threatened of this cowboy that they also don't think is going to win at all. The the prince at one point tells him, hey, uh, turn around. You're not going to make it. Get out of here. Like He's being very upfront about not liking him, but also telling him, turn around now, which if you didn't think he had what it took to get there, then why are you making all these threats? And the same with the rich woman saying, I'll pay you $30,000 to go home now because we both know you're not going to win. Well, if you're not going to win, then why am I paying you? I think it was their way of just trying to get rid of any of the competition, hmm. you know. Um, and the the rich girl knew she had a prized horse that she can get across the finish line first. The unknown was the cowboy. They didn't know anything about him, his horse, or anything like that. She had probably studied all these other horses and stuff and figured, you yeah. know, she could beat them. That's true because she, she made arrangements for everything else. Yeah. As far as the prince, her plan was to steal the horse, but that didn't work. The other one was uh, paid well, – I guess it's her guy. And they got this other bad guy who's, I guess, also a prince, I think. Who's supposed to marry the daughter? There's a lot of princes out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she, she, I guess she did have everything in line except for this cowboy guy. So taking him out, huh? Yeah, I guess it does make sense. <laughs> and then, so, we, oh, good. So the prince guy was the really annoying one for me because he kept on saying, "You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Wasting your time. You're not even supposed to be here." Kind of attitude. I don't trust you. I don't believe you. I don't anything. You. Yeah. Right. And then, but I don't know why he spent so much time just like. Just like pointing the finger at um, Vigo's character, mm-hmm. saying that you're not here, you're not here. He's wasted his time writing. <laughs> True. Even at the end, he basically cost him the race. If he didn't stop to gloat over uh, Hidalgo being down, he would have won. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and then, like, odd job, uh, the lady's other guy um, was, I, he, I don't know what he was doing. At one point, he was just sitting there, just like, in the middle of the day, they're just saying they're like looking down or for some reason. I don't know why either. Yeah, that was it's weird. weird. Yeah. It's like he was it's waiting, probably, for, waiting for him to pass. Yeah. That's that, that when he had the knife in the, the, the dry dirt. Yeah, around that area. He was yeah. sitting there and he had the knife in the dry dirt. He was sitting there and the cowboy passed him. A long time goes by for the movie, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. he's still sitting there and then he pulls the knife out and then gets on his horse. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense, right? I thought that was the prince that put the knife in the thing the the princes or not it wasn't the prince i think it was another guy that pulled it out actually but it wasn't the odd job it was someone else yeah no because uh, if i recall correctly that happened right after they were trying to steal the prince's horse and he got away uh the same time the cheetahs were attacking uh Hidalgo, those were cheetahs or leopards or whatever kind of animals those were jaguars uh it's a jaguar jaguar yeah it's a jaguar uh he i guess he escaped from being chased by all those horses. And then I took it as he put the knife in the ground the same way Vigo did earlier, put the knife in the ground, put your ear to the knife to hear rumblings the same way that back in the day, the Indians would put their ear to the ground to hear the horses coming. That's, that's, that's what, that's where I got from that. Cowboy just shot a gun in the air to see who was behind him. Yeah. And nobody was behind him. No, he was behind everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else? Oh, there's a, a a sandstorm at one point. Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, oh Vigo's whole thing at the beginning was eh, let them tire themselves out. We're gonna we're gonna get there. We know what we're doing, and he ends up. He, I guess he has a better knack for this stuff than other people do, and eventually he gets a to the, where the sandstorm's about to hit, and he sees the horses running. What are you doing? It's we got a long way to go. Oh my god! Giant sandstorm, run away, uh, and he gets he, he finds shelter. Uh, yeah, shelter in this abandoned village, I guess. It was it was a nice move to me when he when once he got in that shelter, he put the like his jacket, jacket. over the horse yeah. and himself. Yeah. He it it did come across very well, I think, that he cared a lot about the horse, and yeah. that they did they were like friends, like his only friend. Uh, and I don't know, that was it was very sweet. I think the, the connect. I think they very successfully made the, a very good connection between the two of them. Yeah, I liked when they they asked him how how did you tame him, and he goes, "I didn't." Yeah, he didn't tame him. He just he's, he's my friend. I didn't tame him. He's my friend. Yeah, that's that's the take I got on it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I like that one bit when uh, the guy that was supposed to try and kill the Hidalgo, he ends up being on that little like what was it? I want to say or, or a tan like uh, trap where yeah. the spears under. Yeah, and then he's and uh, the Vigo's character 
lassos the little like loop around the the lever, little, like lever. Yeah, I was like, no better, nobody messes with my horse. And yeah, like, that was cool. But I, I do have to also say that as far as those sand traps, I guess is, is what they could be called. How many of those do you think they had to dig? Because it's, it's a giant desert. Mm-hmm. And he happened to run into one of the sand traps and then also happened to land on top of one. Well, I think they dug more than one, obviously. <laughs> right, yeah. But if you notice that scene, they kind of corralled him on both sides and were kind of pushing oh. him in that direction. Oh, yeah. They were kind of hurting him that way. And then as he saw it coming up and tried to pull the horse back and stop the horse, and they went around it. All right. I forgot about that. Okay. All right. That's the part, that's the part that I looked up from my Lego and uh, saw. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, there, there, was, there was certain times, certain part. You know, honestly, it wasn't until, honestly, when the race started that I started to get interested in the movie. Okay. Yeah. I, I that was like that. a good 40 minutes afterwards, huh? Yeah. It, it was, it was a good 40 minutes into the movie when the race started that I was like, I know this is starting to get interesting. You know, um, the, uh, the locust, uh, yes. herd swarm, uh, the plague, whatever it was. Yeah. How that one girl said, it's, it's, it's not a plague. It's a gift from the Bible. Yeah. <clears throat> Then they started eating it, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. <clears throat> I'm not sure how locusts work or if they swarm like that, uh, but they, the way, they, they blacked out the entire damn sky. Yeah. The way locusts work is they're normal grasshoppers or, like, the bigger ones, right? But when there becomes too many of the same type of grasshoppers in the vicinity or a specific area, what happens is they go through a metamorphosis where they actually alter – their uh, care, their who, they, what they are, and become what they are—locusts, and they start eating everything. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Bum, 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 bum. They do. They do have. <laughs> they do have locust swarms. I don't know. I mean, they're pretty big. They're. They look like a cloud coming at you. You know, I don't think they block out the whole sun or anything. I don't know. Oh. I could be completely wrong. But uh, <clears throat> swarms of locusts that. They basically migrate from field to field. They eat everything. Hmm. I think it's just saw it on National Geographic or something like that. You know. All right, I have to check that out. I, I am curious about it, but also not super curious. Uh, let's see. Oh, the, the the camps. So when they get to the midway point, everybody's already waiting for them. So they leave one place, and then at the halfway camp. Everybody who's at the first camp is already there, tent set up, everything's good to go. How did they get there first and also have enough time to set everything up? This is a race. The horses are going, I would assume, as fast as they can. And this caravan of people, including the rich woman's tent, they managed to get there first and set up. How is that that possible? I don't think they used horses. Yeah, I think they used a train train in the Sahara or wherever there uh, or uh, I don't know a sandboat I don't know <laughs> they kept referencing well, the, the camel track uh-huh. well the camel track probably what it does is it goes over mountains or something like that 
And I guess the Sahara, the way they're doing it, they don't go any over any mountain ranges. It's all flatland, I'm guessing. Yeah, so either way, they should have gotten there slower than the horses did. It, 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 I can't make sense of it. I, there's no way that how they could have gotten to the midway point. So my guess is that they didn't go straight. The horses didn't go straight. I think they actually went around something. I think the camels went over something. I think that's how it worked. So instead of making a beeline like the camels did, they made a giant U. I think that's what it is. Oh, my impression. Let's was, just go with that. Okay, my impression was they had to get from point A to point B by any means necessary. That's that's the way I got the race. If there was an actual route, then how do you know where the route is, and how do you know if you're off the route, and who's going to? Is there a judge flying around I'm like, oh, he's off the route, man, disqualified, minus points? I don't know. I guess we should have known. We should we should have learned more about. I think the judge had a hawk. Yeah. Oh, he had a hawk. Watching, watching everything. That was telling him. It's in recon. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did find it uh, funny that the, the 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 sheikh was so enamored with Western culture, and he ended up using that to get him out of basically getting his manhood cut off. I, I think it's pronounced sheikh. Is it, I, I, I've heard it both ways. I think in the movie they called it sheikh. Or some version of that. I don't know. I've heard it both ways. Doesn't matter. But yeah, the, the whole Western thing. That was that was that was a fun little scene for me. When he was about to get his manhood cut off and he's like, No, no, Wild Bill Hickok told me this thing. He's like, Oh wah, wah, wah. And then he basically distracted him long enough for the Raiders to come and try to destroy the camp and steal the breeding recipe. If, mm-hmm. if that's a thing, I thought it was Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, yeah. yeah. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo yeah. Bill Cody. Buffalo Bill Cody. Oh yeah, that was J.K. Simmons' character. Yeah, but, supposedly. Yeah, you no, want to hear something really interesting? Yeah, but Wild Bill Hickok was from Deadwood, uh, which is a show which I think is also based off real characters. Yeah, uh, so was, Buffalo Bill Cody. I'm sure he is. I'm not that big in the westerns. I've seen Deadwood. I haven't seen whatever. Cody's in. <laughs> Buffalo Bill Cody was a real person, man. I'm, I'm sure he was. You know how I know? How? I'm related to him. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that makes more sense if you saw, saw the motions of my show was making. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so it turns out the, the guy that was supposed to marry the, the, the sheik's daughter was douchebag trying to overturn and take over the empire and he stole the daughter to trade for the horse while also stealing the breeding recipe uh and then they have to go in and save her this this was a little this was a weird part for me he basically charges the cowboy and uh this other black dude which was in spartacus uh his name was jaffa in the, in the movie they, they have to go into this kingdom to get the princess back using a painted horse, uh, a white horse they painted black to make him think it was an Arabian horse. And Vigo has, he puts on a, a mask or whatever. He's got his, everything covered except for his eyes, which is, I guess, supposed to be a good distraction. But the issue I had with that is you're still riding a Mustang. That's, that's not going to set off any red flags to the people of this area. Not to mention your eyes are blue. 
that the sky shouldn't have held up for as long as it did. There's a lot of red flags I saw throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Like what? What do you got? No, like literally there was red oh. flags. <laughs> there were flags. It's true. So anyway, they get, they get in the city. They're going to get the girl and he whistles for Hidalgo and Hidalgo comes running. and But he whistles for him. Then he starts running around the entire town. So how is the horse supposed to find him? Uh, is it by scent? Uh, the horse just could smell his tracks they're friends they're friends all right we yeah. got the esp yeah and we got the falling in the trap part you, you, the, 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 i mean when you're friends the song goes i'll be there for you when yep. the rain starts when friends yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> see yes i mean they they fall in the fountain together mm, mm, it's true that's that's friendship right there yeah. Being in a fountain with umbrellas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So Hidalgo falls in the trap. He gets pierced. Uh, he has to cut him open to get the spear out. And then they keep going. Like I said, luckily, the spear didn't pierce a muscle, I guess. Uh, just the skin. And the horse eventually gives out. And he collapses. He's about to kill the damn horse. And then he starts getting a visit from his ancestors. Is that what we're supposed to take away from that? I'm not exactly sure. A lot of that was without subtitles, right? Uh, oh, that's right. You guys didn't have the subtitles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it was basically what I assumed to be his ancestors kind of telling him, uh, get up, keep going. Uh, they, they called him blue child. That was his name. And I, I, my assumption from that was because he had blue eyes even though he was from Indian ancestry uh, from back in the day. And he starts chanting, and then the spirits come and give him words of encouragement. And then here's where the prince comes in to gloat. Ah, your horse is dead. Well, he started, he started doing some chanting as well. Yeah. Was that his mom that showed up? That's what I got from it. I, I assumed that was, was that, his mom. Who was, who was the kid? Was that a premonition of him? I think that was a younger version of himself okay. with his mom kind of trying to encourage him. And you, you didn't get a lot. Yeah. I mean, there was one part of the movie where uh, the princess said something to him about his mom. I, did you learn that from your mom or did your mom teach you that? Yeah. And he just had this look on his face, but I don't remember getting any story details of what happened to his mom. Like we know nothing about his past. Yeah. All we know is that he I, has some Indian blood in him. That's that's all we really got. But like what's the point in putting that oh, did your mom teach you that? And him have this look on his face and she go, Never mind, I'm sorry I asked. If you're not gonna tell us what the issue is, you know, like Yeah. Oh, apparently I'm supposed to guess that he lost his mom some tragic way or you know, I don't know. Yeah. He was adopted and they didn't have the heart to tell him. That's true. We, we didn't get an any backstory on this guy. The only backstory we got is that he delivered orders to kill all the Indians at Wounded Knee, basically. Uh, if that was even the orders, I'm not even sure. I think the whole thing started on because the dude was deaf at the beginning, couldn't hear, give me your gun, and all the Indians got massacred. Uh, I don't know the story of Wounded Knee. But, yeah, we, we didn't get a lot of backstory on anything. Which, I don't know. I guess it, it might have made it better, but for me, the movie was fine. Uh, minus that part of it. 
So anyway, the horse, which was about to die, gets a second wind from something. Maybe he doesn't like that the prince is taunting his owner. Like, oh, no, you don't. I still got fighting me. So well, from- you, did, you did notice that he took the saddle off the horse to kind of take weight off the horse um, mm. before he was going to shoot him. Yeah. You know, like, well, he, he wanted to, I'm going to take my saddle off now because when I shoot you, it's going to be a bitch to take it off afterwards. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you try moving a dead horse. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know, maybe because the horse got up after the prince say, come on, you see that? That's the ocean. We knew you weren't going to make it before it even started, you know? Yeah. Like, did the horse understand what the prince was saying? Like, what? Ocean? Water? Huh? I can do this, you know? <laughs> yeah, that that was the thing for me. The, the horse was on the verge of death to then not only come back, but come back with a vengeance. Blood coming out of its nose. Yeah. If you're exhausted, uh, you're not going to perform at 110% to eventually win the race. But, but this horse, Hidalgo, a magical horse, apparently did it. Maybe Hidalgo saw the ocean and the sea and thought it was a biscuit. Oh, wow. Oh, my. He Toby Maguire'd us? <laughs> yeah. I totally, so, I totally Toby Maguire'd you. <laughs> so that's basically it. He gets back on his horse. He wins the race. And a mere feet. The one. He he won the race by mere feet, like yeah, yep. true. And the horse just kept going to the ocean. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it did stop. Just kept going to the ocean. Yeah, you know, and my first thought was, you can't drink that ocean water. That's not going to be. I know it's, it looks like it could be tasty and refreshing. It's not going to be good for you. Yeah, uh, it's going to make you more thirsty because of all the salt. Right. And then we get a nice little scene with the dad, the the the, the sheik shake guy, and. He gives him the gun anyway. By the way, he wanted the gun. That was part of his also Western fixation. I'll bet you the gun you're not going to win. All right. uh, Sure. So he gets his $100,000. He goes back to the States and he buys out a giant farm of thousands of horses and releases them all into the wild. And I don't know what about that scene did for me, but I was bawling. (laughs) I, I I was very confused. I even looked over Annie like I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I just, I was, just <laughs> was it was it when when he looked at his friend Hidalgo and took the saddle off and took the reins off and basically said, "Go be a horse." No, it was before that. It was before it, it, once it hit me that he was going to release all the horses. I became overwhelmed. Like paid him full and he walks. So at first I thought he was buying the Indians and going to free the Indians, but then he goes to free the horses. And I'm just like, ah! <laughs> I didn't have subtitles, so I didn't know what they were speaking in Indian. Oh. So I didn't know what they were saying to each other when they had that whole conversation. Oh, I don't know. That the, the freeing of the horses really did something to me, and I, I'm still not sure what it is that happened. But I got very emotional. <laughs> did you? Did you? Hold on a second. Did you get a hot flash? No. Nope. Oh, did no. you? Quick, quick. Do quick, quick. Check your pants. Yeah. Yeah, no, I still got some time for that. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, that's basically the end of the movie. 
Uh, he lets the horse go, goes to be with his friends. The horse doesn't look back like, are you sure? Like, yeah. Now you said <laughs> this is based on a true story because they had some facts or what you would think would be facts at the end of the movie that Hidalgo, um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the character uh, that was riding the cowboy, yeah. went on and raced till he was – 80 something years old and died in 1950 or something like that. Yeah. And he was fighting um, for horse rights or something like that. It all goes, um, kids, uh, you know, are still running through the fields of Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. So I parts of that must have some sort of factual accuracy, but I don't know what parts do and it doesn't matter. It, it was a nice mm. little button at the end of it. I got I got a lot of feels. I I'm I'm really glad that I watched this movie. I, it's not going to change my life in any way, shape, or form. But it was it was a nice it was a nice journey to go on. A nice three thousand mile journey. Wow! You, you guys have any thoughts before we move on? A closing about the movie, or is there anything about the movie you wanted to talk about that we didn't already get to? Honestly, majority of the film, I didn't leave the film with any surprise. It was like, yeah, I can see it happening. Ah, that's about to happen. Oh, they're about to die. Oh, that's going to die. At some points of the movie, it almost seemed like it had an Indiana Jones feel to it. Okay. I mean, he had a whip, you know, on his horse and, you know, probably because it was in the Middle East, you know, Mm. in the desert. (laughs) So, and yeah. I actually looked it up. uh, Yeah. The the guy uh, Joe Johnston, the director of this, he also directed a a version of Indiana Jones. It was, it was called the I think the Young Indiana Jones Adventures or something, which is a TV series. A TV series? Yeah, this guy was involved. Wow. In okay. That. Yeah. So maybe there was some uh, Indiana Jones in here. All right. So overall, you, you liked it? You didn't like it? It was a movie. All right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. To the point where it would—I I mean, I—I I lifted my head to watch the film, so it was <laughs> worth watching. Okay, but it wasn't something that I was gripping the seat of my pants or something like that. It was just, yeah, it's cool. It's okay. Like I said, I didn't think it really got interesting until the race started. I, I would agree with that. It's, it's not something I'm going to watch again anytime soon, but I am glad that I watched it. What is? the meaning of gripping the seat of your pants. I just thinking about that. That doesn't make sense. What is the seat of your seat of your pants, seat of your seat? seat of, what does that mean? You're supposed to gr- be gripping the seat, not of your pants, Uh-oh. just gripping the seat. Are uh, you sure? Or the seat. Of the, if it ha- had you by the seat of your pants. That's, 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 what is that? that's it. I don't know what that phrase means either. See, it had me at the edge of my seat. I get that one. Yeah. See, had me by the, I don't know. <laughs> let's try to figure that out some other time alright so that was our opinion of the movie but like I said at the top of the show we have lots of opinions but zero credentials now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials the critics I'm going to give you two reviews from the top critics and the audience for good and bad hopefully these will help you with the Rotten Tomatoes game we're going to play right after this so let's start with the good reviews from the top critics this is from Moira McDonald from the Seattle Times whether it's true or not has little to do with whether it works as a movie. And overall, it does. Thanks to Mortensen's slightly hesitant charm and some dazzling visual work from director 
of photography, Shelley Johnson. From Mike LaSalle from the San Francisco Chronicle. It's not as if we haven't seen movies like Hidalgo before. The cowboy, the horse, the hat. And yet, there's something fresh about it at the same time. Bad reviews from the top critics. This is from Antonia Quirk from London Evening Standard. Sharif grounds the silliness a little when he looks across the desert with those eyes that have always hinted that hard weather is coming. Everybody else rushing around the set looks like overdressed for a costume party. Nev Pierce from BBC.com. The stereotypes and blatant propaganda wouldn't irritate so much if the action itself wasn't so relentlessly dreary. A desert of imagination parched of original ideas. All right. Those are good and bad reviews from the top critics. Now we're going to play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Ooh. This is the part where I give you guys guess the score of the movie based on its Rotten Tomatoes score. If you're not familiar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten. 60 to 84 is fresh. 85 and up is certified fresh. So based on those reviews, what do you think the tomato meter is? The top critics, where do they rate this movie? Hmm. Okay, so go ahead. I have no idea. idea. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to go based upon this. There was mixed reviews. We got two really potent positives with two just as like um, polar negatives. So I'm going to go from 50 there, but it did make Adam cry. (laughs) That deserves at least five more points. So 55 is my answer. (laughs) Interesting. I want to say it would be fresh, but barely barely fresh i'm gonna say 61 all right the tomato meter top critics have this movie as rotten hmm. at 46 percent. wow did not like it hmm. all right based on that let's go to the audience reviews now we'll start with the bad ones this is from benjamin s from 2014 cheesy slow and stricken with cliches the writing fails to live up to the exotic environs and big names this is from private you which i'm pretty sure means private user because there was a lot of private use uh, this is from 2007 watching Hidalgo in the theater i truly felt trapped i'd never been so bored at a movie if it weren't for the ridiculous price i paid to get in i wouldn't have left i would have left a fourth of the way into this stinker ouch all right good reviews from the audience Veronica M. from 2020. I know the critics didn't go for it, but who cares? I liked it, mostly. Just watched it again after seeing it back in 2004. I like Vigo a lot, but I wish the role had gone to a Native American. It was cheesy that the cowboy just happened to be half Indian, but I really loved all the horses, even though I think it really sucked. It really sucks that anyone would put a horse through this horrible race. A real horse lover wouldn't do that. Another good review from a private user, 2007. This film was inspirational. Viggo Mortensen weaving a creative addition to his character. An overly good movie. It is so inspirational and entertaining, especially in the fact that it was based on a true story. Heartfelt, adventurous, and overly entertaining. Two thumbs up for Johnston's Hidalgo. 
All right. So those are the audience reviews. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for the audience? Three, sir. Three? Followed by a two, sir. 32. Oh. Wow. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> this is even more polar than the what the the, um, the two the, – the four you gave for the tomato meter. And I feel like I did the wrong thing when I said that I gave five points for Adam crying. I should have taken away <laughs> five <laughs> you, points. You should have. That would have gotten you a lot closer. So this time I'm going to give five to it because A – I believe the people that watched this film didn't do any background checks on this because okay. supposedly this is almost entirely fiction. I'm talking about even like the characters, like anything he's done okay. supposedly. So I'm going to go 55. All right. The audience has this movie as fresh at 64%. Oh. All right. Paul They're Giamatti. Dumb. Oh, what? They're dumb. They're dumb. <laughs> I, I agree with the one person who said I was absolutely bored. And, you know, I don't care how much money it was. If I was watching a movie theater, I probably would have walked out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. In a theater, I don't know if I would. At home, I, I have no problem changing it. But in a theater, <laughs> I, yeah. Even though it's not a lot of money, it's still kind of. Maybe that's why it took me two times to finish the movie. Like, I watched. <laughs> I. I, I I literally watched the movie up until I don't know be, before the race started. You know, mm. I was like, "All right, I, I got to go do something else because I'm falling asleep." All right, and then I had to finish it. So, <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this movie. We like to play a game where we replace characters with Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman because generally they make films better. So, if you had to take somebody out to replace them with Giamatti or Oldman, who would it be? Paul Giamatti should be the sheik. Oh, okay. With a daughter? Yeah. And then Gary Oldman should be hmm, the prince. Okay. I can see that. Mishra, what do you think? Hmm. I'd say Giovanni Giamatti. Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> Giamatti would definitely be the Ice King. Okay. McDowell? Yeah, I feel like he could do a better job. But I thought that was your favorite actor. No, oh. he, just, he was just an Ice King, that's all. I'm just kidding. I'm oh. just kidding. No, that, was, that was Hollywood's uh, fake favorite. He, he hates that guy. Hollywood Fair hates enough. that guy with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would say, um, who's that guy... With one, I guess oh, I'm not sure if it was some other guy when he was when he was in the the rodeo, the the guy that had the glasses on and the blue eyes. Oh yeah, what was his name? He, he worked for the shit yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of guy. I don't know what his name was. Yeah, I feel like he could play that him much better. Okay, so I'm going uh, taking race out of it because otherwise it'd be hard to do this one. I'm going to have the, the guy that ended up being the traitor that stole the uh, horse recipe. That would be Giamatti. Uh, and then the main bad guy that ended up uh, getting thrown into his own trap. That that would be an old man for me. Assuming they could be race appropriate. but This game is weird. There's no real rules. That's what I'm going no. for. <laughs> I never expected there to be rules in this game. Yeah. I mean, Maestro has picked... Gia, Giovanni, 
to be uh, <laughs> a woman before. Yes, I did. And an animal. I mean, <laughs> well, hold on a second. Just because I chose an animal doesn't mean that anything goes. I mean, there's some rules here, right? I mean, like. It was a male animal. See, there we go. There's one. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. Now let's do trivia. This is part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the film. Yay. Viggo Mortensen purchased the horse who played the title character after the film was complete. It's kind of cool. Uh, let's see. In the beginning of the film, after the massacre of Wounded Knee, we see Chief Bigfoot lying dead in what seems to be an unnatural pose, left arm raised from the ground. This is an accurate depiction of the chief's actual death position, which was photographed at some point. Uh, the design team created edible locusts out of paper, sugar, onion, skin, and pretzel-like material. Each one took four hours to make. Oof. When distributed in Egypt, the Arabic trans- translation of fifth wife was changed to fourth wife, since in Islam you are not permitted to have more than four wives. And last here we have, while the film claims to be based on a true story, it's more likely that it was just a story and not a true one. The story is based on the memoirs of Hopkins, who wrote about how he raced and won the Ocean of Fire. However, these claims turned out to be false as researchers found that Hopkins lived a more urban life and that his claim... Uh, what? Oh, more urban than his claimed Western cowboy life. Uh, Saudi historians have even pointed out such a race would be impossible as a harsh environment of Saudi Arabia desert would be too severe and hostile. See? Mm. Money makes the world go round. I'm going to put this film in perspective with other films that were released this year so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $100 million. What do you think the worldwide gross was in the U.S. and the foreign box office combined? Uh, I don't know. I'm stinking tonight. I don't know. Maybe this movie just got to me. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to double it and go 200. Ooh, $100 million for the film. And I'm they're writing the coattails of Vigo's uh, Lord of the Rings yes. stuff. <sighs> 250. All right. In the U.S., this grossed. $67.3 million. The foreign box office had it at $40.7 million. Wow. Total worldwide gross of $108 million. Womp womp. That's a big stinker for the filmmakers. This film debuted on March 5th, 2004 with $18.8 million. This was the 42nd highest grossing film of 2004. Number one that year was a sequel to a movie that also had a horse kind of thing in it. It was more of a donkey than a horse. Shrek 2. Shrek 2, yes. All right, we got a new, okay. se- I got a new segment for the show now. This is called Oops. You may have noticed a time or two that one of us, uh, mostly me, has made some kind of error during the podcast. So to make myself feel better, I'm going to give you a few times where the film also had some errors. Poe Buddy's Nerfic. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Uh, to make us feel better? To make myself feel better. Oh, okay, there we go. All About right. the errors that I've <laughs> made more often than probably you guys. Uh, all right. Such a see-through yashmak, like the one 
Jazeera is wearing would be absolutely unacceptable in Muslim cultures at the time. This is at the end of the movie where you can basically see yes. a face do it. It is mentioned that the race goes through Iraq and Syria, but they did not exist as nations until the British drew the borders after World War I. So those places weren't here. The blood on Hidalgo's nose as he approaches the finish line disappears for a shot. Also, he's supposedly riding bareback, but there's a couple shots where there's a saddle on the horse and no, no saddle, saddle, no saddle. In the leopard attack scene, they are leopards. The leopards simply disappear after fighting with Frank. They're never killed or shown to run off. Uh, Actually, one of them ran off with the horse. One of them ran off chasing that horse. Yep. Okay. They went to a lope. (laughs) And finally, when Frank releases Hidalgo into the wild, Hidalgo is wearing horseshoes. They would eventually fall off, but a good horseman would remove the shoes from the horse before releasing it. Bum, bum. Not so close with your horse after all, huh? Bad move, Frank. All right. Well, he bought the horse after he made the movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> Vigo did. Frank. Frank's an asshole. Well, I know. No, but he's fine. It'd be stupid. Yeah, take the shoes off. I'll put him back on. I want to buy the horse. <laughs> all right. That is Hidalgo from 2004, directed by Joe Johnston. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers, at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Please also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That helps us with the rankings. If you do that and leave us a recommendation at the same time, that movie goes to the top of our list. Watch it for any other movie. Next week, we celebrate Valentine's Day. Oh, yay. And the best way I could think to do that was to let Annie pick the movie. Oh, I I was I'm going to celebrate it by watching the Daytona 500. Oh, that's very romantic. Uh, I'm going to celebrate it by watching football. Was that the same day? Nope. No, damn it. F- football's next Sunday. Daytona 500 is on the 14th. Okay. All right. On actual Valentine's Day. Right, right, right. <laughs> damn it. Oh, whatever. Anyway, I asked her, "What is the most romantic movie in your mind?" Also, keep cold. in mind, we're going to be doing it on spoilers. So those are the caveats that I gave her. And she chose from 2003, a movie I'd never seen before, but I've heard a lot about. Love Actually. Oh, this is a Hugh a, Grant film? Hugh Grant and a bunch of people that we're going to recognize. Had. The funny thing is, is uh, this last weekend, uh, I went through the plethora of Blu-rays and DVDs I have, me and my wife, we have. My wife. And I organize them in books in alphabetical order. Oh. And we own that movie. (laughs) I've never (laughs) seen it. All right. Fantastic. So you should be well prepared. So I'm assuming she's seen it a lot then. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. Enough to have bought it. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is probably going to be one of the movies she will want to watch with me. All right. <laughs> very, very scarcely does she ever want to watch any of the movies that we watch on this show. Yeah. Well, a, a because some of them are like horror, scary movies, and she doesn't do scary movies. Mm. But you know, like other movies, if it's like Five Deadly Venom, she's like, "What's it about?" <laughs> oh, can't pick it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Annie uh, generally has to watch all of them with me, and she's not always happy about it. 
Like, I got to watch a movie down here. Uh, I don't want to go upstairs. I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> well, to be quite honest with you, um, Maestro, I do enjoy your movies better than this one. Oh, thank wow. you. Like, I was, I was, I was sitting there after, after the movie, and I was like, "Man, I almost want to watch Conan the Barbarian over this movie." <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, you do. <laughs> at least, at least as Arnold, you know, it's like, hey. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, love watch actually for next time. Until then, I am Adam. Thanks for watching. I'm Maestro. And I'm the other dude. What are Cowboy. You? I always say watching. Thanks for you're listening. I guess watching the yeah. movie. We're listening. I don't know. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. What? <laughs> what? <laughs>